Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. I recently had a very interesting guest on my show, Preston Dennett in the previous podcast and uh uh i he talked about a lot of different things and one of the things he talked about was uh, uh he his belief that he thinks that the aliens are here extraterrestrials are interacting with humans and the purpose behind it is is uh, more or less benevolent uh, that was his his feelings on that and this guy is somebody who who has written 30 books on the subject and uh, has his own YouTube channel, uh, investigated hundreds and hundreds of different cases, talks about them all the time. I highly recommend his YouTube channel if you haven't already checked it out. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he also talked about uh, cattle mutilations, that his belief is that the government is uh, responsible for cattle mutilations and not the aliens. Uh, now, now I, I did a poll on this uh, on, on both my YouTube channel, Quirk Zone, and also on my uh, on Spotify, my my podcast host Spotify, and I ran a poll on this, as I, and the question was, who or what is behind cattle mutilations? That is, and on and on Spotify, so far to this point, I received uh, thirty one votes, and I had three choices: um, the government, aliens, or aliens and the government. Well, at this point in time, aliens is winning with fourteen votes, or forty five point two percent. Aliens and the government comes in second at thir- with 13 votes at 41.9%. And the government comes in last with four votes or 12.9%. That's on the Spotify uh, poll that I did uh, on Spotify. And then um, on the YouTube version of the same question, uh, who or what is responsible for cattle mutilations? And in the, in the, it was 16 people responded. And it, uh, the government received 7%, aliens received 33%, and the government and aliens received 60%. And that was out of the uh, people who voted on the YouTube. And then there was some comments under the YouTube question also. Uh, somebody said, it's both. They're unexplainable instances, uh, missing organs with no incision. Also, the calf at Skinwalker Ranch that was mutilated a few feet away from the ranchers. That was someone, uh, one of my followers named J.D., uh, and then somebody else, Danlit, wrote, could also be predators, cryptids, or crazy people. Um, uh, Esmeralda said, interesting question. I have no idea, but that was not one of the choices. So she would have picked no idea if, there, if that would have been a choice. Um, and then uh, uh, here's another comment that I thought was good. It says, uh, this is from uh, Ivana Rios. It says, most likely your government, in my opinion. We never had that in Mexico or never heard of any cases like that in Latin America. I think I heard one case from Brazil, but they're super rare. Seems like most cases are in your country. So that makes me think it could be some type of smoke screen your government is doing to their citizens. We had something like that with the Chuco Cabras. The government used it as a smoke screen to deviate attention from the economic crisis we had in the 90s. But it's just my opinion. I don't, I don't own the truth. 
yeah, I don't know what the, the truth is with regard to them. I, I personally, I believe that the aliens are responsible for this. I mean, based on some of the stuff that I've read, uh, uh, based on some of the research that was conducted by Linda Moulton Howe in the 70s and 80s and 90s particularly. Um, and uh, so that's what I think. Uh, again, it doesn't make me right, but I do, I do think the aliens are doing, doing it. And it could be for uh, just the purpose of, of food purpose. I mean, they could. I mean, uh, a lot of these cattle mutilations, uh, it, it involves not only just the removal of some of the organs, but also the complete removal of all the blood. And uh, I mean, if these beings are some of them, like the praying mantises, for instance, or if they're anything like the praying mantises we have on Earth here, well, they're going to be flesh eaters, and they would, they might use blood as a food source. So I think that that's possible. I, it doesn't make sense to me personally why. Uh, the government would do this. Why wouldn't they just buy their own cattle? I mean, and have their own little ranch somewhere and, and do the experiments like that. Why would they go stealing, uh, mutilating cattle on somebody's ranch without, you know, and then that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, that's just my feeling. doesn't make me right. Now, of course, like I said, Preston Dennett is of the, of the opinion that it is the government for some purpose. And, uh, and he might be right. You know, I don't know, but in my opinion, after you know, I think I've, I've talked about this before. I think the aliens are doing it because uh, some of these things are very mysterious. Like some uh, some of the incidents I read about, some of the incidents I read about uh, involved you know somebody seeing a, a healthy cow, and then with a half hour later, the cow is com you know the same cow is found mut completely mutilated and uh blood drained and there was no sign of you know no sounds or anything i mean and there's other incidents where there were some ranchers who stayed up all night you know trying to see what's going on and they saw strange lights in the sky a soundless craft moving around uh so i i don't think that uh, our government's flying around in soundless craft uh, mutilating cattle i just I, I have trouble believing that that's just me again it doesn't make me right but that was uh, uh preston dennett's opinion and of course as these polls show us, there are some people who think it uh, could be the government. Not a, not, not a lot, but there are some. And there are some people who think that, that it could be a combination of the aliens and the government. And that's possible, too. All of these scenarios are possible because we just don't have any answers, really, when it comes down to, it, when it comes down to this. I mean, this subject is very, uh, it's very mysterious, and we just don't have a lot of answers for a lot of, a lot of these things. Now, another thing that uh, Preston talked about uh, during the interview I had with him, he 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 said that you no, know, he thinks that the aliens are here to help us. And his experiences, uh, from all the people he's talked to, uh, all the contactees, uh, he 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 gave a figure of like ninety percent uh, where where there were positive experiences, and that could be true. I mean, I have I, I've actually talked about all different scenarios uh, on my podcast. I I present that present that they could be here for that kind of purpose. Uh, that. Uh, one of the things that could be going on is that they are here to, uh, there, you know, all these things make sense. Like, you know, I, I've laid out before my uh, a theory that I think uh, is plausible in my mind uh, that, okay, you know, when you look at some of these things, cattle mutilations, for instance, that's the aliens need, they, some of these aliens are like insects and they need blood. Okay, so that's that, that explains that, okay? It, again, it doesn't make me right, but that's just one aspect of, aspect of it. Meanwhile, they're, they're concerned about our progress. They look at it the way we're developing, the way we're, uh, our, our technology is developing, and, but they see how violent and horrible we are to each other at the same time. And they're concerned about our, the nuclear, pro, uh, nuclear proliferation. 
And, you know, we're still pointing nuclear weapons at each other, nuclear whip, uh, missiles uh, at different countries are pointing them at each other. Uh, all Probably all, all countries in this world just about have, have, has a nuclear missile with its name on it right now. And it's really ridiculous. And so they look at that. And maybe, maybe the reason behind all of the, uh, uh, this hybridization program is to create a race among us. Because if we get too out of hand, maybe the aliens at some point are going to take over. And maybe things like the aerial school incident where the aliens actually speak telepathically to some of the children. Maybe that's they're trying to warn us. Hey, you got to stop doing this. You know, the tech, your technology is going to end. You're going to end yourselves. And maybe they don't want us to end ourselves, and maybe they don't want us to destroy this planet, and maybe that's what's going on here. It is a good purpose, but there are some things going on behind the scenes, like this abduction phenomenon, right, that might not be pleasant for a lot of people, but maybe from the alien's point of view, they feel like they have to do this because at some point in the future, they may need to take over. That's just a theory doesn't make me right. But, uh, you know, there was another podcast that I did before the Preston Dennett interview, uh, where I talked about how this, about how these, uh, the, the cover-up is basically extremely detrimental, mostly to children, because a lot, if, in a children, when a child ex, uh, sees an extraterrestrial or encounters an extraterrestrial, really they have nowhere to turn. I mean, they're told that that's not true, that's not real, that's, that can't be, you're, 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 you're either lying or you had a dream or you're, you know, whatever, or you're trying to pull off a hoax. And so I think, children are you know that was my argument in that one episode i did bring that up to preston too and he you know pretty much agreed that there are you know it is very detrimental to cover up to children because when these things happen to kids when kids see a ufo or or encounter an extraterrestrial or, or become uh unwilling abductees then and and they don't know their parents are they think because the government does hasn't come out with the truth then uh the parents think their the kids are just dreaming or maybe their kids are are, are are mentally ill or something to that effect so it's i think it's detrimental to children but uh, i did receive a message from somebody with regard to this and uh, of course there i've talked about this person before this was a, a retired uh, electronics engineer who worked for different government uh, 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 groups such as nasa uh, the cia darpa uh, also did uh, work for some private contract government contractors as an electronics engineer and i've i've been in communication with this person since last year i've talked to this person on the phone uh he's a real person i've seen his resume uh it's a, I, i've been questioned about this before he just doesn't want his name to be revealed but he had an encounter his interest really uh, uh really came to life back in the early 90s when he had his own encounter and he talked and he was in his 40s at this person was in his 40s at the time and he uh well after seeing this recent podcast that i did on um uh, about the effect that the uh that children endure he pointed out to me that it's not you know children do have you know have issues when it comes to this uh, because of the cover-up but also i mean adults have issues and he said he he actually laid out for me the problems that he had uh since he had as an encounter he had an encounter with something that what he described as a tall gray maybe a, like it looked like a bug looked like an insect looked like a praying mantis type of a thing that was outside of his home uh in uh in two his a former home that he had in tucson uh near tucson arizona and anyway, I'm going to read, he sent me a message, and I'm going to read the, the message, uh, the, the email that he sent me. It says, 
If you recall the first time I emailed you, I described an incident in 1997 where I saw a tall gray at pretty close range. However, I never really did consider the effect it had on me personally. Your last video caused me to ponder it, as just seeing the thing did have some serious consequences for me. Uh, and then I'm, before we I get into the rest of this message, let me just refresh everyone's memory with what he wrote in, in the first message that he sent me, the first email message about his encounter. So this, is, this, is, was, this was his encounter that he had in 1997. <clears throat> I mentioned that I saw something in 1997. I was living in a rural area in the hills southwest of Tucson. I was awakened one night by the sound of something scraping on my bedroom window like fingernails on a blackboard. I had a dreadful feeling that something very dangerous was trying to get in. But worse than that, I had this bizarre feeling that it was intensely hungry and needed to feed on me. I dismissed these feelings in the heat of the moment because there was no actual evidence yet and grabbed the pump shotgun and ran to the window and flipped on the floodlights. I then saw something that I'll never be able to forget. It was apparently it, it apparently was a tall gray. It stood about seven feet in height with a relatively short and thin torso, a very large head and very long legs and arms with three fingers on each hand. It was moving away from the house, so I only saw it from the back, but the way it moved was incredible. The legs took long strides while the body and head remained perfectly upright and just glided smoothly along. When it reached the fence, which was about four feet high, it simply went right over it without breaking stride, like a hurdle jumper in the Olympics. It ran into a clearing about 200 yards away, at which point a craft of some sort rose silently up and drifted away to the south. Seen edge on, I couldn't tell if it was circular or triangular, but the bottom was radiating a yellow-orange light. Just a few seconds after it flew away, two Air Force A-10s came in from the west very low and vectored north directly over my house. I've never seen A-10s fly that low, especially after dark. I thought perhaps I knew... I thought perhaps it knew I had a shotgun and was scared off, but in retrospect, I doubt that was the reason. I suspect it had something, some way of knowing the A-10s were approaching, so it decided to leave the area before they arrived. I think if it wasn't for those A-10s, I might not be here today. Because of my need for employment and obtaining clearances, I didn't report this event to anyone. There was, however, another witness to the UAP. A young man who I had met a few times was vacationing in a small trailer just to the south of my house. I met him the next day and he reported the UAP to me without any prompting. He gave exactly the correct time and said he saw it at a very low altitude. It was an unambiguous and very disturbing confirmation of the event. A few days later, I stopped at a small cafe down the road and inquired about the young man. I was told he had stopped for coffee and his trailer hitched up and see with his trailer hitched up and seemed very agitated. He said he was getting out of here as fast as he could and I certainly don't blame him. In addition to that, I also found scratches in the glass of my bedroom window and some large footprints which appeared to have three toes. This had a profound effect on me, including repeated nightmares, boarding up my windows, and eventually abandoning the house entirely. Some people might think this experience colored my judgment, but I'm afraid that's not the case. After more than 20 years of examining everything I could find on the subject, it all seems to point in the same direction. And rather than being a mere anomaly, my own experience only serves to support the conclusion that our planet is being colonized by a species of alien parasites that feed on human and animal blood. 
how much that, that was his experience. I was going to stop there before I get into what he just sent me, the rest of the recent email. <clears throat> We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, you know his his belief is this retired electronics engineer his belief is is that these beings are here to take over the planet and they live off blood that's his that's his belief he he sees this it's a complete opposite of what someone like uh investigator like preston dennett views it uh i don't know i don't know i mean he this could be right too i just don't know i just again we just don't have enough information i don't know again when it comes to this subject i don't know what's uh uh you know what could be right what could be wrong when it comes to it it's just we just don't know we just don't know uh it's it's uh, hopefully it's not you know hopefully it's uh not they're not colonizing the planet hopefully they're here for good purposes but at this moment at that moment that night he felt when he saw that creature he thought that thing was there to drink his blood that was the feeling he got but anyway he recently after seeing that recent podcast where i talked about how this uh this uh this cover-up, the, the, this ongoing UFO cover-up, basically victimizes children. This is the the he, he this retired electronics engineer uh, wrote about how this his event when he was 43 years old affected him. Okay, here's what he says. He says I was 43 at the time, so at least up to that point, I had a normal life. I feel bad for kids who have their lives ruined almost from the very beginning. At the time the incident it occurred, my first reaction was pure terror. I've never been so scared in my life. Over the next few days, I boarded up all my windows and began to set up booby traps such as punji boards and tripwire alarms. At that time, I didn't know they could paralyze people, so I bought more guns and kept them all fully loaded all around the house. I also stopped going out after dark. I wondered who I could call, either for help or advice, but the internet was fairly new at the time and I didn't find out much that way. I dismissed the idea of calling the police and as I mentioned I was working in defense electronics at the time and didn't think it would be wise to call any of the military contacts because it might jeopardize my security clearance. That pretty much left me on my own. Although the thing did not return, I was unable to sleep normally anymore. I spent many nights wide awake. Then. Felt really tired and run down the following day. It was having some serious effects on my health. At one point, I confided to a friend what had happened, and although they seemed sympathetic at the moment, they stopped calling me and didn't want to get together anymore. So I realized they thought I was some kind of nut, and I had ruined the friendship by telling them about my experience. A few years later, I abandoned the house and moved out of that area. I continued to have nightmares and would not go out after dark. As the internet developed, more information started to become available. I discovered MUFON, who I reported the incident to. They were more accepting, but of course that really didn't help. Over the next 20 plus years, I continued to find out as much as I could, and after much study and research, I came up with the theory that you so kindly read on one of your videos. Thanks for that. 
I can't quite explain it, but just getting the word out brought some sort, some degree of psychological relief. Now, 25 years later, I still have trouble sleeping and refuse to go out after dark. Knowing what's happening and how helpless we all are, it casts a shadow on just about everything else. I used to enjoy walking in the forest, for example, but those days are over. I seem to be focused mainly on what sort of weapons or defenses we can develop to fight off these creatures. I get upset when I hear people say they're here to help us. The facts are quite the contrary. They do horrible things to animals and people. They've assumed control of the planet and use us like a herd of cattle or lab rats to be experimented on in whatever way they desire. They seem to have some sort of ongoing plan or program, and it's a very ominous and frightening and not at all friendly or benevolent. I guess the bottom line is I'm scared, depressed, feel violated, and have a lot of latent anger. This is not the way I expected my life to be. But fate had other plans, I guess. There's something that matches up with our experiences. Now he's talking about my experience where I, I when I was a child in 1977, of course, like I talk about all the time, there was some being that was showing up in my room in the middle of the night, and uh, it had three digits on its hand. That was it. Now, when I talk, brought this up, I talked about this with Preston, as as many of you know, and he uh, related that he thinks that this was a uh, a biological android uh, and that, that, that these three-fingered greys are, are the ones that uh, do all the, uh, the the abducting and bring this bring the, a person to to the ship um, but anyway he's talking about the being that he saw that night had three three digits on its hand too <clears throat> he says I saw both hands of the creature and they had three long fingers that seemed to come to a point spooky there were also scratches in the window glass where it tried to get in a lot of these incidents seem to have a weird hive mentality aspect. Even with the advanced technology we see these creatures using, their behavior still seems very predatory and barbaric. I think they, they're just natural parasites like a plague of locusts. After all, technology is always used to satisfy the desires of the owner. And although technology may advance, those goals don't change very much. Once a parasite, always a parasite. People ate beef 5,000 years ago, and we still enjoy eating beef today. If we're still around 1,000 years from now, I'm sure people will still be eating beef. So the bugs may have advanced technology, but bugs are still bugs, and bugs enjoy eating stuff too. Of course, their diet is a little different, but the logic remains the same. So he's basically stating that uh, he believes that these things are insects, and they're living off blood, and they're draining the blood of these cows, and... And he also believes that some animal mutilations, uh, or excuse me, human mutilations, are uh, that the aliens are responsible for some of those, that this person has come to those beliefs. Uh, again, everybody has have an opinion, and this is a completely opposite opinion of what Preston Dennett presented uh, in his interview the uh, last week. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, totally different uh, viewpoint. I, 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 I hope Preston's right. I really do. Uh, I hope that uh, that it is for uh, benevolent purposes. Um, I guess we'll find out as time goes on. But again, because of the issue, the the cover up, the ongoing cover up, we still don't have any answers, and it sucks. It truly, absolutely sucks. And uh, I mean, I think you know, it's you wonder how many people these kind of things happen to. You know, and just don't report it. I mean, I've met people who had things happen to them and didn't talk about it ever. And and there was an old guy. Uh, in fact, I plan on visiting a site recent uh, this coming week. Uh, I want to take some images of it, and I want to do a podcast actually while I'm there. Uh, there was a guy back in 
uh, now this was in the 90s. This was in 1997. Uh, there was this man, uh, this old guy, he's late, late 60s. I was a young man at the time. I was in my 20s. And uh, this was in 1997. And uh, I was, I remember it was around the time I was working on the article. I was working on an article for a local newspaper about the 50th anniversary of Roswell. And I was also doing some local angles to that. Like I, like I was able to find out uh, the first uh, UFO flying saucer sighting in this county. Like I actually found somebody, there was a, a, a report in the paper from 1947, uh, from July of 1947 of somebody seeing a, a flying saucer. And I actually was able to, there was one survivor of that incident. And I was able to track this guy down. He has since passed on. And, uh, so I was doing a story on that. Uh, he, he, him and these other guys saw, you know, on broad daylight, a flying saucer flying over this small little, uh, Pennsylvania town in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. Uh, the town was uh, New Philadelphia. He saw like a craft uh, flying saucer flying over the town. Um, and then uh, well, I, I was working on that and, and plus uh, 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 this uh, story about the 50th anniversary of Roswell and the Roswell incident. I was getting com I was getting doing interviews with people like Stanton Friedman at the time. I had talked with the people at the Air Force. They provided me a whole bunch of documentation, including uh, the book, the Roswell Report, case closed. And anyway, I was sitting in a in a bar room, and uh, a day uh, this old man, a lot of old guys would hang out in this bar room uh, in a nearby town here, uh, where I'm at right now. This little town called Gerardville, Pennsylvania. And there was a uh, this old guy there that I used to talk to all the time when I was there. This guy's name was Leonard Dulozes. He has since passed away. Uh, and on TV, they were showing. Uh, I don't know if it was that day. It was happening that day, but it was the. Uh, it was somebody from the Air Force talking about Roswell, and the press was laughing about it, and it was about the dummies and all that kind of stuff. And I and I and I told Leonard, who was sitting there, I said, "Yeah, I'm working on an article about that right now for the newspaper." And then he went on to tell me, "Well, oh, I could talk about that kind of stuff because I never. I talked to this guy a lot, but I never talked about UFOs." And he told me a story that something that happened to him. And he had there was another witness there too, but the other witness he told me would never go public with this. Uh, and he saw this giant flying saucer fly back in the late 1960s fly out of a uh, a stripping pit. Uh, there was a, a, a these old in Pennsylvania a lot of abandoned stripping pits where they used to mine coal out of in days of old. Uh, then they they leave them they just leave, leave them like that and they fill up with water and they're just sometimes people go swimming in them and they end up drowning because there's a really uh, hard undercurrent there. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the middle of the winter, he was as a security guard was uh, working in this area as a you know guarding this area checking it out and he was walking near one of these. Uh, about these stripping pits that was covered with ice and he said this giant flying saucer came flying straight out of it and went straight up in the air uh, and his dog was complete he had a dog named Bumsy and Bumsy was all freaked out and his buddy was all freaked out that was over there I guess walking around with him uh, but he never told anybody about it. I never talked about it until that day and then I had a I tried to when I heard this story I was like well I'd like to include this in my article and I it took some doing but I finally convinced him to uh, do it and he and he did it but again, there's people like that all over the place that see things, experience things, and never talk about them. Never, the public never, nobody in the public ever hears about them because they're they're afraid to talk about them. Leonard at the time was an older guy. He was in tough shape at that time, from what I recall. And I guess he just didn't care anymore. I guess you know what he's like. You know what? I'll tell you. Basically, that's I think that's what it came down to. It shouldn't be that way, right? It shouldn't be that way. 
But again, you know, it's like this way with this guy here, this electronics engineer. I mean, he, he, he didn't want to talk to anybody about it because, you know, he might end up losing his job. He was working for a defense contractor at the time. And if they get wind, oh, you're seeing aliens. Oh, boy, you must be nuts. And he, he, and he talked about how he told one of his friends back in the 90s, somebody uh, that he talked to all the time, and all of a sudden that friend just stopped calling him up. So those kind of things happen. So yeah, uh, that that's you know it's bad. It's bad that the that that this has been covered up for so long because it affects you know. I again I do believe it affects children the worst because they they have to be the most confused over this. Even I mean as an adult, yeah, you're con- you're you might realize it's going on, but at least you're not confused. You understand. Well, I guess I better just keep my mouth shut because that's all I can do, right? At least you you have that, you know. Um, I mean, even now, I mean, I would be afraid to say if something were to happen to me now, if I don't have proof of it, I'd be afraid to actually report it on here. I would actually, even though I'm doing a podcast on UFOs, I would actually be afraid. I would be afraid to say anything because there'll be people out there saying, oh, you're lying. You have no proof. So, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. And I think it's but I think it's terrible. But again, you see this. I guess I, the other thing I want to point out here, there's there's a lot of different points of view when it comes to this. Uh, some points of views are very, very positive. But you look at, uh, listen to Preston Dennett. Uh, now he does say he does admit there are people that he's talked to, you know, but a lower percentage of people who have negative experiences when it comes to uh, alien encounters. Uh, and but the, uh, so there are some that he that he deals with that have not their experiences aren't good. But he says, as for the most part, he thinks the aliens are here doing up to up to good. They're trying to help us. They're trying to help us learn. Trying to help us advance. But then you have people like this uh, retired NASA and government electronics engineer who says things like, "Well, no, I think they're here to colonize." And there was actually a lot of there were some people in the government early on who believed that there was a colonization program going on. Uh, back in the 50s, when there was, some, there was reports of this. Uh, it, actually, in, in a book by uh, one of the first UFO investigators, Major Donald Kehoe, he talked about there was somebody uh, within the government who, who basically believed that there was a colonization program, that this, that, that, that this is what this was, that they're here to colonize the planet, that they showed up in force, uh, that they might have been here basically for for centuries, you know. For who knows? Maybe the the entire time we're here, maybe they've been here. But in the in the fifties or the four, late forties, they showed up in force, and and this person came, was under the belief that they're here to colonize the planet and at some point, basically get rid of us. Now that's that's again. There's all different kinds of viewpoints. Now again, I also believe that there are some people within the government that are in the secret control group that have answers to this, that have a better grasp of this than any of any of us, any UFO researcher out there, and any anybody, because they're they've been studying this more closely. They have had access to the bodies, to the alien craft. I'm sure they had to learn something. They had to come to some kind of consensus, right? So that's why it'd be nice to know what that consensus is, good or bad, good or bad. Right, because we, we're adults. We, I mean, the, we're, we, we're, the human race has grown up. Right, the human race is, is is getting older here. I mean, we're getting wiser when it comes to this kind of thing. I think people are ready. I think people could handle it now. So it would be nice. It would be nice if if we could get to the if we end this end this cover up. I mean, I, I'm tired of. It. I mean, we're see. Well, I, I'm getting tired of just the. The, the banter on Twitter, it's getting tiring. It's getting tiring. We're having the same names back and forth, going back and forth with each other, but we're still not getting anywhere. It's again, we're, we're, we're stuck like our, the, we're, we're, we're stuck in the mud. We're just, we can't get out. Like our, it's like being trapped. 
And we're just we're just spinning our wheels. We're not getting anywhere, and it it's very upsetting. So, yeah, I, I believe that uh, oh, it's that if the, the, this cover up is hurting so much. I mean, again, we should know, it, good or bad, what's going on. We need to know, right? I I want to know because I don't know. I mean, I can sit here and speculate on this podcast, uh, and I'll, I'll keep doing it, right? I'll keep presenting different cases, keep providing different opinions that I have. I I, I hope to have, keep having bringing on different kinds of guests as as this as time goes on. I, I I really enjoy talking to people like Preston Dennett, people who have researched this subject for basically their whole lives. Uh, that, that's uh, I I think that's good to keep talking about it, but and 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 to normalize it. it needs, this needs to be normalized more. That's the other issue. I mean, it's not crazy. It's not a crazy thing. It's a real thing. They're here. There's just too much evidence at this point. There's mountains of evidence that a prepo- the preponderance of evidence shows us that there's an extraterrestrial presence here. It does the debunkers and all that kind of stuff, right? The lies from the government that doesn't really. We know that the government's lying. We know that the debunkers don't have any idea what they're talking about. They, they, they really don't mean anything when you really think about it, right? They really don't. It's it's useless, you know. I'm, so I, I'm sure I'll talk about them debunkers again, but really, what's the point, really? I mean, they're just. It's like talking about flat earthers every time. But every now and then, I'm sure I'll talk about them when I get mad about it. But at the same time, we need to get come to an end here we need to bring this we need to get this the information out we need to know what the government knows what the secret control group knows and then let's move on from there anyway until next time thank you very much for joining me